want to hear something scary. Nope. No, no, no. No! God! Please! No! 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 No, but do you actually do you hear everything? Can you hear it? I hear it all. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Do you hear Azula squeaking your toy in the background? Azula! Do you think she wants attention? Making my way downtown. Spaces <laughs> <laughs> back and I'm homebound. You missed your cue. No, I'm listening to Azula. <laughs> no, that's Azula. She's playing that part. Go Zoo. There's always times like these, these when I think, think of you and, and I wonder if you ever think of me. Hit it, Zoo. <laughs> and I miss you. <laughs> and I miss. <laughs> there she goes in the background. And now I, I wonder, wonder if I okay, could Okay, should we start the podcast? No. <laughs> into the sky. I'm not done. Too busy jamming with Azula. I think we need to take them out. Uh, I think that that's the only way that we're going to be able to do this today. <laughs> do you want me to get up or are no, you getting, a, I have I'm, a blanket I'm already, on. I'm already, okay, I'm already doing it. I'm comfy. <laughs> I'm just so comfy. Oh, she dropped her toy. <laughs> on today's episode of All the Dogs... Hey, Nick. Hey, Luna. How's it going? It's going pretty good. Um, I got a story for you today. But <gasps> I'm not ready because we haven't done the intro, so calm the fuck down. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Yeah, welcome, everybody, to All the Nopes podcast. Hey, Woo-hoo! we're back. Yeah, and um, I am your host, Nick, and I'm joined by my lovely wife, Luna. Hello. Hi. Hi. How's it going? I'm, I'm doing really well. Good. Um, we are a true crime and paranormal podcast. I forgot to ask you how you're doing. No, nah, it doesn't matter. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> uh, thanks for making me look like an asshole. How you are you doing? On, you did that on your how own. How are you doing? I am doing swell. Yeah, that's it I is thought. a lovely day. We woke up this morning. We did yoga. We made some tea. Yeah. And I actually wanted to talk to you really briefly. Oh, well, besides besides talking to you, we are a true crime and paranormal podcast. So we talk about a bunch of spooky things. But speaking of spooky things uh, and just terrible things, last night was the first time that you realized that uh, Hitler was an artist. <laughs> oh, my God. I had no idea. What were we watching? We were watching It's Always Sunny. And right. you thought okay. that it was fake. I definitely thought it was fake. And then uh, uh, Google it. Uh, no, he had so many paintings. Yeah. Not saying he's a good person by any means. But you at like all. this art. But and his art was not bad. Well, well <laughs> I didn't know if he got kicked out of art school. Or he if, didn't get accepted to art well, school. Well, I, I didn't know if because he didn't get accepted to art school, that's why he did what he did. I don't think that's the whole reason we, we'll never know i think it was because he was all hopped up on amphetamines or something he was yeah the, his his advisors used to him give him right. a whole bunch of like either i don't know they gave him like speed or maybe some his, kind of not morphine maybe, he was all kinds of ramped up maybe his only outlet was through painting and then, maybe that and was his way to express it. himself and then he was Luna, denied you can't, you can't you're you're walking down there's a two sides slippery to every story slope. no you can't say that that sentence does not apply to hitler no i i'm not justifying <laughs> not hitler, at, hitler no no story. no no i just there, but there are two sides to every story why do i feel like every time we start to have a conversation about something horrible that somebody did you're like but maybe they had a reason for it well i just <laughs> would like to believe that there is good in everybody and bad in everybody and i just think that somebody who could paint that well he 
must have had a lot of demons. I don't know. I don't know. That doesn't make sense. You're putting artists on blast. You're saying just, anybody who's a good artist is has no, has a lot of demons. No, 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 no. Wow. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm just all saying right, art is a way to express and yourself, and that's all he wanted to do. We've just got to get into today's episode before we say something really inflammatory. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think we're already there. Okay. So do I just cut all this out? No, you can keep it. I mean, <laughs> you do what you want to do. Don't take it out. Okay. <laughs> hey, don't edit that out. Keep that in. Well, anyways. Um, I'm ready for today's story. Going off of uh, Germans. This is before Hitler. I got a story for you I about. I see what you did. Did about, you put that episode on on purpose last night so you could have no, something to tie as a segue? Yeah, morning? I was like, ooh, this is going to yeah. be really clever. I no, like no, your no. forethought. Yeah. High five. Too slow. Today's story is about uh, a German from before World War One. Okay. Okay. His name is Carl Tanzler. Carl Tanzler. Yeah. Mr. Tanzler. Mr. Tanzler. And um, this actually is a story of love at first sight, Aww. but sadly, it's unrequited love. Okay. It's not reciprocated, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Definition. And uh, the hero, or maybe more appropriately, the creep of our story, was named Carl Tanzler, like I said. This Um, is taking a turn that I didn't think it was taking. Well, we're going to get into it. But um, Carl actually also claimed to be a count later in his life. So the title that he went by later was Count Carl Tanzler von Kossel. Can you just declare yourself a count? Apparently. I want to be a count. you remember how my mom came to us the other day? Count Luna Evergreen. You remember when she came to us the other day and I was like, I think I'm going to change my name to Countess something. No, Countess, (laughs) Duchess. Lunamara, yeah, uh, uh, Twinkle Toes. I don't know. It was something. That was pretty close. No, it was like Duchess. What was it? Whatever it was, my mom was declaring herself a Duchess, which you know, <laughs> yeah. all the power to you, love. And I guess you but can you do can. that because uh, Carl Tanzler so what declared was his himself name a count. Again? He was Carl Tanzler, but he gave himself the title Count Carl Tanzler von Kossel. That's fantastic. Yep, he's a genius. So Carl was born to a Jewish family on February 8th of 1877. So Happy we're, birthday. we're going way back. And he was in Dresden, Germany. Okay. I don't know how many siblings he had, but I do know that he had at least one sister. Okay. And we don't know a ton about his upbringing or anything like that. But we do know that as he grew up, he kind of grew into an eccentric traveler slash inventor Mm -hmm. and he made his way through europe and eventually ended up in australia right before world war one started or around 10 years before world war one started which was in 1914 okay um and so he would have been 37 at the time that world war one started so i'm gonna give just a little bit of background between when he was born and when he makes his way to australia what did he do what did he do What, what is this yeah I, go tell we're us. gonna get into oh, that okay. i can't it's just straight up tell you he okay. he fell in love oh yeah okay. um but um when he got older and most of the pictures that we have of him he legitimately looks exactly like the father from the umbrella academy oh, i thought you were gonna say vampire no because i know count, count so i was like getting real amped like, up but like think about the um like eccentric inventor and traveler Ooh. i'm gonna show you a picture right now <gasps> Tell me he's not. Oh my the god, he looks just like the dad. The Umbrella Academy. Wow, that's crazy. Here's another picture of him. 
Oh my god, he looks exactly spitting image. If you have not seen the Umbrella Academy, it is on Netflix. It is fantastic. Season two comes out July thirty first. Go watch it and then talk to us about it. It's such a good show. This guy looks just like that dad. And I kind of picked this story because Because we love the Umbrella Academy and uh, he looks just like the father. Okay, so. While he's growing up in Germany, and later while he's briefly traveling in Genoa, Italy, Tanzler claims that he had some interesting stuff going on that he really didn't divulge until later in his life, mm-hmm. okay? Tanzler said that he had a little bit of a sixth sense, which okay. is really interesting because I feel like it's so prevalent back in those days because so many people were just like, no, I'm like in tune with this otherworldly connection or whatever. Well, I feel like also it's before technology and before science and before all of these things. So you you kind of chalk it up to that. Well, he said that he had visions of the dead. My man. Yeah, go figure. Um, He said that some of these visions were of his ancestors and more specifically his ancestor, Countess Anna. Okay, Countess Anna Constant... Chia von Kossel, Countess Anna Constatia von Kossel. So that's actually where Is, he mm. thinks that he's like, okay, well, if she's telling me that she's my great great ancestor, because he would have mm-hmm. conversations with these visions, then he was like, if she's a countess and I'm her ancestor, then I guess I must be a count myself. Mm. So did he meditate or did it, they just happen? Um, well, he's traveling a lot, and so I don't know if these visions came to him like while he's traveling. Hmm. I don't know the specifics of it, but we do know that just in general, he just gets these visions of people who have passed on people who are close to him people who are they accurate or whatever what do you mean this person was an actual person the countess was a person but she was apparently um exiled before Mm. she was you know before she came to power or whatever Mm -hmm. so he's kind of living out this whole ideal sort of like how you always thought that you were going to have somebody come to you and tell you that you were the princess of genovia i'm still waiting (laughs) every time i watch that movie i was like this movie is about my life when is it gonna happen i'll just keep wearing a bucket hat and have bushy eyebrows and someone will make me into a swan you are a swan you're welcome (laughs) well back to tansler um so tansler's pretty pumped because when this vision of the countess comes to him she tells him that you are going to meet a beautiful exotic looking woman with dark hair and she kind of like shows the vision of the person that he is going to meet in the future and so like he sees who he believes like this perfect person that's going to be the love of his life Mm -hmm. and everything um, brought to him by his vision of the countess Tinder so, of nineteen fourteen. Really interesting. We have a lot of. <laughs> you have a lot of we references to like dating apps and <laughs> yeah. stuff. I don't know. It's more fun to think about people as loving instead of murderers. Tell them to throw a pigeon in the west wind. Yeah, no kidding. So basically, he continues traveling while he's getting these visions, right? And he makes his way to India before sailing oh. to Australia, like I said before. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if he's partly like searching for this exotic looking woman or Mm -hmm. if he's just kind of, you know, fulfilling his eccentric inventor type of lifestyle because his whole plan was that he was going to collect equipment and more boats so that he could explore the South Seas Islands, which I looked up and that's like New Zealand, the islands of Hawaii, Easter Island. It's like way out in the middle of nowhere, right? Mm -hmm. In the Pacific Ocean. Big dreams. 
So he's in Australia and he actually stays there for about 10 years while trying wow. to make his dreams a reality. So 10 years before World War I starts. And while he's there, he became interested in engineering and electrical work because, you know, eccentric inventor. And it seems like he does pretty well for himself at the time because he acquires plenty of property in Australia. Okay. He acquires boats. He acquires an organ, which we'll see. He loves to play the organ later. And he actually gets himself an island in the Pacific. So wow, like he, a whole island? He's doing pretty good for himself. Does he live on the island or does he just own it? He owns it as okay. far as I know. Um, but for all intents and purposes, he is the father from the Umbrella Academy. Does he like, use the island to hunt people? No. It's mm. not. What's that? The most dangerous game? I think so. It's not that. Um, you'll figure we're, this is going to be an interesting story. Okay. I don't think that you're going to see the turn when it comes towards the end <laughs> of his 10 years in Australia. He begins building his own airplane, which I think is completely insane. Um, but he's kind of obsessed with air travel and mm. everything like that as well. And this isn't the last time that he buys an airplane to build or buys parts of an airplane. What's up? He seems very innovative. Oh, absolutely. And he has a lot of thoughts that like... Progressive thoughts. Yeah, I guess. Because I looked up when airplanes were invented and they really... I was just they, thinking they were They were around at this time. Well, they were used But during... they weren't commonly used until World War yeah. One, which was when they were mass produced and actually yeah. used like full-fledged. So when we're Amelia in that 10-year period. I don't know. I'm not... That's not part of this story. So we'll oh. get back to that <laughs> okay. another time. But this is during the 10-year period before World War One. So there are airplanes. Okay. And then they are like commonly... They, they're made more common, I guess, during With World War One. So at the end of his 10-year period, World War One begins, right? And the British military authorities take him and other people who were just from Germany, who were born in Germany, and they place them in concentration camps. Uh, and they said that the reason for doing this was to keep them for safekeeping <sighs> because they basically assumed that anybody who was a German could potentially be on the side of the Germans mm -hmm. and be fighting against any of the Britons. So not so great. Ugh. Apparently he was kept with other prisoners of war and all that jazz. So like, Oh, you know, wow. safe so keeping my ass. Yeah. He's not really in a situation where they're not trying to keep him safe. They're trying no, to keep themselves safe exactly, from the fact. Exactly. And he's, I, I mean, you know, this is foresight into like World War II, but he's a Jewish person who mm -hmm. was born in Germany. Mm -hmm. So like. But also he's been in Australia for 10 years. He's been all over the so place. So it's not like he just came from Germany. You know what I mean? It's and not when, like he fled Germany with exactly. the, the war coming and was like, oh, I'm going to. I hate government. Fuck some shit up here. Yeah, no. Um, but Who did this? The Australian government? The British government. In Australia? I believe that the Brit the British government had some sort of control oh. over Australia at the time. But anyways, as the war continues, he's moved to a new location called Trial Bay, which had a castle-like prison set up on a cliffside. Which, Still in Australia. Um, I actually don't know where uh, Trial Bay was, mm -hmm. but basically, like, Count Von Kossel is up in, in a, a castle. castle prison on a cliffside, all right? And I mean, I don't know anything about prison, but if I had to go... Prison by the sea doesn't sound that bad. In a castle, a I mean, I'll take that. 
I don't know if that's wrong of me to say, but um, I don't know if it was like the best. Like I'm pi- you're, what I'm picturing is very different. You're going to be Princess what? of Genovia. Yes. I'm still going for that dream. <laughs> I'll take a castle anyway. Someone will give it to me. <laughs> you're a prisoner, but you get to get your own castle. That's not how this is working. Yay! <laughs> take me away. <laughs> well, apparently, while he's there, I've been bad. He attempted to build a sailboat in secret to escape. And this was actually wow. confirmed by another, um, you know, prisoner that was there with him, Nayanatiloka. Nayanatiloka? Nayanatiloka Mahathera. That's the name of the other prisoner? Okay. <laughs> and he was actually another German-born man who was in the Trial Bay Castle prison with him. Um, and he was... He was he, he was actually a fully realized Buddhist monk. And so, like, wow. they just took all kinds. Wow. They were like, okay, you're German? Get in prison. That's awful. Yeah. But he, this this man, Nayan Tiloka, um, went to the prison with him, and he was planning on escaping on this sailboat that he was making in, in yeah. secret. And so, like, he's got all these crazy plans. And, I like, like he's him. Isn't he awesome? Well, while he's planning on doing this, the war ends. Okay. So he's set free. <laughs> he doesn't have to finish his sailboat. Oh, does he, he? doesn't get to do it. Even though it's super badass that he's making it, mm. he doesn't get to use it. And basically what the Britons do is they just take a ton of their prisoners and just kind of like drop them wherever the heck they feel like. So Tansler oh. gets just dumped in India. Okay. okay. And... Not only does he get dumped there, but he is told that he cannot go back to any of his previous living situations. So, like, straight up everything that he got, his island in the Pacific, all the property that he owned in Australia, it's just not his anymore. Too bad. So sad. You know what this makes me think of? What? When people capture animals and re like when, oh, no, so it's you're... the same. We're gonna have this moment <laughs> when people capture animals and safely animal control. Yes, and safely humanely on blast. put them into other locations. That's exactly how the animal feels. They don't know anything. They don't know where their surroundings are. You're referring to Chuck, the woodchuck. Is that what his name is? What's his name on Instagram? Chunk the Groundhog. He's if a you groundhog. Are not following Chunk the Groundhog on Instagram? Please do. It'll Go check be him out after this episode. The best minute of your life. Every single video. He has friends. He has a girlfriend that comes. <laughs> yep. But more or less, don't remove animals from their habitats. No, just let them be them. Because you're basically doing what the Britons did to Tansler. Don't be like Britain. Yeah. Don't be like Britain. <laughs> so he can't go back to his old living situation. Mm-hmm. And since the war had gone on for four years, he hadn't heard from his mother in all of that time. And okay. so he decides his new plan is that he's going to go back to Germany mm-hmm. and try and find his mother so that he can, you know, just make sure that she's safe and everything throughout whatever Good happened human. at the war. So he returns to Germany and he thankfully finds his mother, which is some happy news, mm-hmm. and he stays with her for three years. Oh, okay. Kind of trying to help her get by after the war because, like, Germany is just in shambles right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's around this time in Germany, like 1920-ish, that he meets and marries a woman named Doris Schaefer. 
who is not the exotic looking dark haired woman he was promised by his dead relative. Mm -hmm. But anyways, within a few years, they have two daughters, Aisha and Clarista Tansler. Mm. Those are beautiful. And things are starting to look up for him and his family and his mother, so much so that his mother suggests that Tansler travels to the U.S. where his sister is to kind of get a fresh start, you know? So, of course, he buys a ticket for himself and his family to cruise across the sea to the U.S., right? Yeah. No, fuck no. He's a badass, eccentric inventor and adventurer. So instead, he purchases or maybe even just builds a sailboat and travels across the ocean from Rotterdam to Cuba and then makes his way up to Zephyr, Florida. He is like... Zephyr Hills, Florida, where his sister's living. Wow. (laughs) He... He, he just you he want him on your side just constantly doing so much living like holy cow well anyways um i couldn't find out whether or not his family came with him on this voyage or if he just kind of like went got established in florida and then sent for them mm-hmm. but regardless they all end up there and once they're there tanzler sort of has a sudden change of heart and he kind of just abandons his family after accepting a position what? at the U.S. Marine Hospital as a radiology technician in Key West. He just leaves his family. Totally straight up just like abandons them. What? Yeah. He's a man on a mission. He's got he's, things to do. He's got things to do. Things to build. Um. So it's Ain't here. no family going to tie him down. Absolutely not. No. I can't build a boat and hold a kid's hand at the same Number time. Number three. <laughs> <laughs> build that boat. So it's here that he meets the woman that his dead ancestor, the Countess, promised him. Did he leave his family before he met her or after? He left his family before to go be at the Key West hospital. hospital. And while he's working there, in walks a young woman named Maria Elena Milagros de Hoyos. Who went by Elena. Yeah. Mercy, right? I'm a fan of myself just (laughs) listening to her name. And I'm guessing as soon as she walks in, he immediately hears, Oh, my love, my my darling, darling, I Find a key to hear your touch. Touch. Okay. (laughs) We're all done with that. Anyways. Find the key. Anyways, Elena was 21 years old, and she was a Cuban-American woman who was the daughter of a Cuban cigar maker, Francisco Pancho Hoyos. Ooh! And his wife, Aurora Milagro. Oh, my God. This whole family. She had two sisters, Nana and Celia, but of the siblings, Elena. Nana and Celia. Elena. (laughs) She went by Elena. Elena was the most beautiful What's wrong with Nana and Celia? It's just the way- <laughs> so everybody else the has these really said, exotic and, and beautiful names. Like- Nana and <laughs> Celia. That's how you present it. Well, Elena yeah. is apparently regarded as a local beauty in the Key West community. And apparently Key West is tell. kind of like a pretty tight-knit community from hmm. what I researched. Um, and she is literally like... Hollywood level, stereotypical wow. 1920s beautiful wow. with short dark hair tied up in a bow and a face that's like almost like a porcelain doll. I've got some pictures. Bam. Oh, she's beautiful. She is like, look at her radiant. Beautiful. But wow. she also knows it. She's very smug. No, she's a very she turns out to be a very sweet girl. So picture says otherwise. On April 22nd, don't be bitter that you don't I just get- want to be pretty and live <laughs> in a beautiful. castle. 
So on April 22nd, well, Elena doesn't get to live in a castle, but we'll get to see where she lives. On April 22nd of 1930, Elena, accompanied by her mother, comes to the hospital that Tansler is working at because she's been ill for some time. And Tansler sees her and thinks to himself, boom, like that is the girl who I was shown in my visions all those years ago. She's Mm -hmm. finally come to me, my true love. Uh, So they begin doing exams on Elena to figure out what's wrong with her. And after a few tests, what's up? Elena or Elena's mother? No, they start. It's it's Elena who's sick. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. So they start doing tests on her. And after the tests and Tansler performing some chest x-rays, they discover that just like in Moulin Rouge, A, Elena has been stricken with a case of tuberculosis, which was very typical for the time. And unfortunately for Elena, there was not really all that much that could be done to treat it. So I don't know how with that news, Tansler also managed to try and like flirt or get close with Elena. Like maybe if he was like, so the bad news is you're going to die of consumption. Okay. But the good news is if you're looking for someone to spend the rest of your short life with, I think I know somebody who's single and interested. Wink, wink. You know, maybe just kind of get, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think, you know, because like he's got to do something. Somehow he's like buries the lead that like. That was like a Holland accent. That wasn't German. Germ- that's not German? No. Well, my German notes are like, going to be. I know you are going to. <laughs> easy. It's like, but they're not all like that. But Some of them are very sweet. They're not all so. But, they're, but they're, their dialect is very like. Bah, 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 bah. Okay. Do you want me to try that again? Yeah. I'm not going to try, try that again. It. Are One you serious? Time. Take two. Go. So the bad news is you're going to die of consumption. Okay. But the good news is if you're looking for somebody to spend the rest of your life with, your very short life. I think I know someone who's single and ready to mingle. Better. 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 <laughs> Better. <laughs> I don't it. think that's actually what he said, but by all accounts, he did it make it now. known. We said it. It's, it's happening. Canon. That's actually what happened. You're sa- you're, we're saying it. You're thinking it. That's what happened. So he made it known to Elena and her family that he wanted to be with her. And just in the few visits that she had to the hospital, it was pretty much put right out there that like he was interested and according to elena's sister nana elena would just sort of laugh along and like kindly turn him down Mm -hmm. like very politely like oh you're so kind but like you're so much older than me and i don't really think that it would work and nana said that she kind of revered him as like a grandfather figure like a Whoa. sweet grandfather figure he's Whoa. much older than her right but talk about being there, there's no longer the friend zone you are a grandfather well zone. that doesn't deter him Ew. at all that's gross uh, exactly he's kind of a creep uh we'll see he gets How old is he? more creepy so okay so he's 37 at the time world war one starts then okay. add four years then add another three years so, so he's 44 ish so mid 40s yeah. Um, and she's and, in the 20s? And she's 21 when she walks in here. I mean, I don't know. We've seen worse. <laughs> we have? My parents are almost 20 years apart. Well, we're going to have to edit that out yeah, in case they ever listen. <laughs> they will never listen to this. They will see. The, actually, they may accidentally listen to it because they don't know it's me. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, it's not just the fact that, you know, she thinks of him as a kind 
older grandfather figure that she's nice to him. It's also because her mother, she was raised with values to be kind to people that were kind to her, you yeah. know, which is, I think, a good value to yeah. have. But like, it can get a little muddy when your grandpa's trying to flirt with you. That's disgusting. Um, and it wasn't just her age that made Elena hesitant to be, you know, susceptible to him because apparently she had already married a man named Luis Mesa in 1926 and was still legally married to him at the time that Tansler met her. Perfect, because he's legally married to somebody exactly. else too. But Luis actually left Elena after they had a miscarriage oh. and he moved to Miami. Ugh. But sadly, Jackass. so so sadly for Tansler, Elena's heart belonged to another. But of course, as with most men in the dating game, the chase only makes you want the person that much more, especially when your dead know. relative already told you that this chick is without a doubt your true love. And so it goes without saying that Tansler just does not give up. And even though he's just an x-ray technician, so all he can really do is perform x-rays, mm -hmm. he kind of takes on Elena's case as like his own personal endeavor and like he checks in on her whenever she's at the hospital he tells her that he's going to do whatever he can in order to help her but unfortunately since there was no cure for tuberculosis Elena just got worse and worse until eventually there was nothing more that the hospital could do for her in terms of treatment and so she was kind of left without any options oh, that's awful but Tansler comes to her with a proposal he says that with his quote unquote medical knowledge are you kidding me? he could continue with his own experiments and treatments from the comfort of her parents home and you're probably thinking this sounds like dirty Baker john from the crescent oh. hotel episode maybe a little dirty john well i, did, I thought of dirty john when when she he said medical license well no not dirty john more like baker because yeah. there's a little bit more of that <gasps> from the no! crescent hotel in he, here he doesn't He's, do that to her well he does have like he does do experimental injections <sighs> of what i have no idea but they don't uh, really hurt her any more than the tuberculous the tuberculous any more than the tuberculosis is basically already killing her so he gives her this proposal and she says she says yes because otherwise she has no options they pretty much told her that yeah. she's going to die so it's like if you don't do this then you what else don't do you have? you're just gonna die you of fruits consumption and veggies lady you get a lot of sun <laughs> drink lots of water so Basically, the treatments are, like I said, one part Baker Crescent Hotel and another part Dr. Frankenstein because, you know, he's into like all this electronics stuff mm. and he uses these electrical globes, which are basically like Tesla coils for all intents and purposes. Mm. And he just connects those two electrodes on her chest and administers small shocks that he believes puts neutrons into her and the air, which would cure her. I don't know where I see your face. I don't know where he thought that neutrons were the solution to this, but he keeps coming back to that well of like, Charging someone with electricity or with neutrons can cure them of anything. I wonder if he thinks it'll like zap it away almost. I don't know. Maybe like fry the yeah. tuberculosis. I don't know. I don't know where the basis for his where logic came his, from. He doesn't have, he a, medical doesn't have a medical license. He's just like, I have these little, I have these little electric globes. I want to shock you just a little bit. And I want to see if maybe that cures you. And does it? 
Uh, no, <laughs> it doesn't. Um, I, he, he just believes that this radiation type treatment of electronics is just going to help her. And while he's there doing these treatments, he continues to try to like pursue her. her affection. He showers her with gifts. He's like, hey, Elena, look who has some chocolates and flowers for you. Oh, <laughs> and I think this catalog, I brought this catalog for you to look through while we do your treatment. Oh Just feel free to circle anything that catches your eye, okay, my Liebchen? And not surprisingly, whenever she's just like, oh, that's nice. I kind of like that. The next time he comes, he, he just brings whatever she pointed out. Yep, he's trying to buy her wow, love. Wow, he's really trying. He's really pushing for it. Elena, just give him the whole catalog back and say everything. <laughs> Smart girl. She's a gold digger. Anyways, uh, the one thing that she actually wanted was a cure for TB. Oh, God, and you can't find that in a catalog. Although he tried his best, with a li- within a little under two years of Elena's diagnosis, she just succumbed to her illness and passed away Ugh. in her parents' home on October 25th, 1931. That's awful. When Tansler heard the news that she had passed, he immediately went to her family's home to be by her side. And in his memoir, he said this was how he responded to seeing her. I went down to my knees before the bed. I'm not going to do the accent. Elena's jaw had dropped, but her eyes were bright and clear. They had a faraway look. And as I gazed into those beloved eyes, they seemed to become deeper and deeper like wells with a magnetic power. They drew me in. I could not tear my eyes away from her. I could look forever. My poor darling Elena. Well, that's pretty sweet, though. He honestly... That's a sweet sentiment. Is, he's, he's a weirdo, but, yeah, but that's... He, he really does feel as though he straight up loves mm. Elena. Um, and, you know, this, this is where the beautiful Moulin Rouge-ish tragedy culminates, and we should hear Carl Tanzler sing Come What May Come as what credits May. start to roll. But in this story, we've got a crazy alternate ending. (laughs) Plot twist. Is that like the part when we watched uh, Little Shop of Horrors and it had the alternate ending and we were like, what the heck? Yes. If this were to be the actual ending of Moulin Rouge and we had watched the original ending and we saw this as the alternate ending, we would be like, what the literal fuck? Uh, So Tansler insists to Elena's family that he pays for her funeral and... Tansler kind of just like takes the reins on all the preparations because the family says, yes, you know, they want what's best for mm-hmm. for their daughter. And he kind of is in authority as has, a medical quote. Sure. Unquote, and he figure. also, you know, he has some money to throw at it. So like he's going to get the mm-hmm. best of the best for her. So he gets her a burial plot and a headstone. And of course, she should have her married name Mesa on her headstone. But guess what he puts on instead? Don't tell me his last name. He puts his name on the bottom half of her tombstone. No. And this is just the beginning of Tansler's shift from being a creepy, flirty old man. This is just like the episode of Unsolved Mysteries we just watched on Netflix when the guy kept the wife's ashes. Get ready. He's a total fucking whack job because okay. within the first few weeks of Elena's passing, Tansler is making daily visits to her grave, which is super morbid and sad. And, you know, probably what I would end up doing yeah. if you passed away. I don't know how people grieve, but as he's visiting, he starts to worry about rainwater potentially getting into her coffin. And so he goes to her family and he says, I've got this idea. 
Now hear me out. Okay. What if I bought a mausoleum for Elena instead of the burial plot? That way we can make sure that her beauty is maintained forever. Okay. <laughs> okay. And of course, it's a super kind gesture and the family understands how much Tansler cares about her. And they want to take care of her as much as they can as well. So they figure, why not give their daughter the best they can provide for her, even in death? Well, and yeah, so she can have an entire mausoleum. She gets put in this fancy wow, mausoleum. that is nicer than our house. <laughs> That's beautiful. So they agree to let him commission the mausoleum and have her transferred from an earthy grave to a fancy tomb above ground so that she'll be better preserved. And of course, Tansler continues to visit the cemetery and he convinces either the funeral director or the night watchman of the cemetery to give him access to her mausoleum so that he can rebed her, which is apparently like if you're going to clean up the casket because it had been underground. So mm -hmm. there had been some decomposition and even like reline it with fresh felt and everything like that. So like it's it's like brandy new. Mm -hmm. And like I was saying. There's definitely been enough time now that the casket was below ground that everything is starting to decompose. The lining in the casket, the dress that Elena's buried in, and of course, Elena herself. Mm -hmm. Apparently, Tansler, you know, cursed the mortician for doing a poor job embalming her because he had like very specific specifications that would prevent her from decomposing. But regardless... He relines the casket, he redresses her in a fresh dress, and he puts vents into the coffin's exterior. And I want to hear why you think he might have put vents in the coffin's exterior. Exterior, not the interior? So the vents connect the <laughs> interior of the coffin to the exterior. So he can talk to her? No! No! He believed that he could communicate with Elena and that she would speak back to him. And he wanted to make sure that she could hear him. Remember, he's got like this sixth sense ability where he communicates with the dead or he believes that he does. And more than that, he believed that she would sing to him. And obviously, you know, he opens the door and just like, one more time. No, I was doing Thriller because oh. she's dead. Oh, well, I just. <laughs> That's not Britney. That's what came to no. me. No. She's singing Thriller. No, she's not thr singing Thriller. She's not singing anything. She is dead. No, she's saying her favorite Spanish love song, which was called Boda Negra, which means Black Wedding. And apparently, it's about a man who loved a woman, but death takes her away from him. And so the man goes to visit the woman's tomb each night. And eventually he can't bear it anymore and breaks into her tomb, no. finds her skeleton, sits with her body in the candlelight and decides to exchange vows with his corpse bride. And do not tell me I have lines from the, the song. These are my favorite lines. He tied her bare bones with ribbons, her rigid skull. He crowned with flowers. He covered her decaying mouth with kisses and proclaimed his love to her with a smile. Do not tell me this is where our story is headed. So Tansler. Oh, your smile is telling me something else. Is really obsessed with this because the man basically marries her mm, corpse mm -hmm. and lies with her in bed forever. And that's just the end of the song. Is he actually hearing? Does he? Does it state he that, said he's that he's hearing her sing this song to him because it was her favorite song? And. But he knows it's not. When you can talk to the dead, it's not 
coming from the body. Tansler's visiting Elena each night in the <sighs> tomb, and he's thinking that she's singing this song to him, but he also kind of interprets it as instructions on what she wants him oh to do God, with her. Oh my God, he's crazy. So on a dark night in no. April 1933, under the black sky of a new no. moon, Tansler sneaks into the cemetery and steals the body of his beloved Elena and takes her back to his residence, which is apparently at this time a downed aircraft that he's repairing in his free time. Of course. Yep. What there else? it is. What else would it be? <laughs> That's where he lives? That's his house. This is getting so twisted. <laughs> So he takes Elena's body and places it in his bed. Hold on. How long at this point has she been passed? Um, I want to say she's been dead for about two years. Oh. Yeah. Uh, I, actually, yeah, based on my research, she had been dead for about so is she approximately just two years a now. a skeleton at this point? She's pretty decayed. It's bad news bears, man. Um, oh, okay. So he places it in the bed. Brings him home. Uh-huh. And over the course of time... He works on restoring her to her former beauty. What do you mean? What do you mean? She's what been does dead that mean? for two years now, and she's straight up like a rotting corpse, but that doesn't stop him. What he is- takes her body and props up her skeleton by connecting it together with wire so she won't fall apart, and then begins to more or less replace her decomposing skin with silk cloth coated in wax and plaster of Paris, basically the most morbid Pinterest craft ever, so that he can have her as, like, he can have her body restored living with him. What? I, what? He collected the hair that had fallen out of her decomposing scalp and fashioned it into a wig for her. (gasps) He set glass eyes into her eye sockets to restore her luminous gaze and he stuffed her abdominal cavity with rags to maintain her form. <laughs> Does my face say it all? Oh, because... your face is communicating exactly what I feel like most people would be thinking. What I'm sorry, do you Luna. even mean? It's gonna get more fun. So, what? of course. Wait, he... hold on. Let's take a mental pause. <laughs> What's up? So he has this body that has been passed for two years oh, now. Yeah. Practically, it's a, just a skeleton at this point, I'm assuming. It was at the time of him bringing it home, more or less, yeah. So now he is taking her skeleton and fastening silk around it as a... Covered in wax. As skin. So you remember what she looked like, right? Gorgeous. This is, this is her. Yes. Beautiful, beautiful. Don't tell me you have a photo. No, Nick. This is what she looks no. like now. Oh my god. How do you do, Luna? Well, okay. (laughs) To be honest, it does kind of still look No. Like come on. Okay, not at all really, but also kind of looks like. If you were going to tell me this was a first model of somebody making a doll that looked like a version of a person, I'd say sure. That is silk? That's silk with wax and plaster of Paris. He even made ears. Yep. Yeah. He makes it all. So. I I think when I close my eyes for the next six years, that is what I will see. Mm -hmm. Well, he's living in Key West in this small community and people talk. 
And <laughs> they know that Tansler was visiting the graveyard nightly. And then all of a sudden, he just stops. You know, everybody thinks that he's, you know, this is a very sad and kind of romantic situation. And then all of a sudden, he stops. Okay. And they're confused about why he suddenly stops. And they begin to wonder and speculate about what happened. And apparently, one boy in the community even said that he saw through Tansler's window. You know, the kid must have just been, like, exploring the downed aircraft that Tansler lived in. Mm. And he saw him dancing with what he thought was a life-size doll. No. Yeah. Tansler definitely Danced. danced with her. And he did everything with her in death that he wanted to do with her in life. He said he cooked for her. He talked to her. And one night he lit candles all around the room and played his organ for her until the candles burnt down to nothing. He was like legit. He's fucking twisted. Super hopeless romantic with Elena's dead body. No, 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 no. There is hopeless romantic <laughs> and there is this. They are not in the same category. Well, of course, this can only go on for so long with the people in the small Key West community. And they start to get suspicious of what's been going on with Tansler because for seven years he becomes a recluse in his airplane. He loses he his job, obviously, because he's spending too much time with his corpse bride. And rumors are starting to circulate that he has a life-size doll that he's living with. So apparently Nana, Nana, Elena's sister, who seemed like she was always kind of suspicious of Tansler and his obsession with her sister, goes to his airplane to see just what the hell is going on. And after she presumably forces her way into his airplane, she discovers what she also believes to be a putrid smelling doll that is made to look just like her sister. So, of course... What do you do in that situation nope. as the sister? <laughs> yeah. Like, nope, I didn't sign up for this shit. What like, would what you do, you, Luna? I, I, Nick, you know, I have never <laughs> thought about that moment. I'm not sure. I think vomit would be the first oh, thing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Projectile everywhere. Well, Nana is um, pretty proactive because... She's like, does she make the connection? She's she's like probing Tansler, trying to figure out what the fuck he's doing with this thing. And he's like, yes, I'm sorry. Uh, it's a doll. It's just a doll. Definitely just a doll. Not a corpse of your sister. It's definitely not that. But Nana is like, no, nah, I'm I'm going to go down to the cemetery and like check out her tomb just to make sure. Um, But when she opens the mausoleum. Gone. Gone. The just mausoleum gone. and her coffin are empty. Oh. <gasps> And so Nana's like, that creepy fuck straight up has my sister's body. Holy shit. So she gets the cops. Vomit everywhere. And together they go to Tansler's airplane. And they're like, the jig is up, man. We know you have her body. You have to give her back. And initially, that's all that Nana and her family wants. They just want her body back. They're like, we're not going to press charges or anything. So this is like 10 years since she's passed. Seven years. He, seven. No, 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 you're right. It's about nine because she'd been yeah. in the ground for two years and then he kept her for seven years in his home. So they're like, we just want the body back. Guess what Tansler says? No. Nope. What? He's like, no, she's mine. So they go, all right, well, then we're going to have to arrest you for essentially grave robbing. And his charges in court were wantonly and maliciously destroying a grave and removing a body without authorization. Oh, <laughs> my God. Is that where his story ends? Keeps going. What? So they start the preliminary hearing for his trial on October 9th of 1940. So 
like I said, had her body for almost seven years. And apparently there's a ton of interest in this whole case in the Key West community, as well as nationwide through like newspapers and Mm -hmm. everything. And while the details of the situation were revealed that he shared a bed with a corpse and he like basically reupholstered her body and all that, people weren't as mortified as you would think by his actions. The overwhelming consensus about Tansler and his corpse bride just made people feel sympathy for Tansler, and they viewed him as a hopeless, eccentric romantic. Different categories, (laughs) people. Different categories. They think of him as a hopeless, eccentric romantic. How? How? I don't What is romantic about any of that? Romantic is buying someone a puppy, balloons, candles. story behind that song and like i don't know i don't know i wish i did but i don't these that's just how people they were like wow i really feel bad for this old man and like he loved her that much that he had to stay with her even in death but they didn't have a relationship doesn't matter apparently i don't know Okay. I think I think ladies back in the twenties were like, I wish my man loved me enough to dig me up after I die. Oh my god. <laughs> well, anyways, the trial doesn't last long because it's been quite a bit of time, and the statue of limitations on his crimes of grave robbing had passed. So Are he was released. Me? But just like you, his first thought and question was, "So I can have a body back, right? Can I have that back? Yeah. Can I have that? <laughs> no, he can't." They did not give him her body back, uh, and they ended up actually taking her. They, so this is kind of fucked up. They took her and they performed an autopsy just to see what the fuck he did and like yeah. get an understanding of it. And they found how he had wired her together with her bones and everything, and that he, you know, did plaster Paris and all that. And they thought of it as kind of like a wonder of the. I don't know. Who, who are the people who do embalming and shit? Uh, mortician? Yes. So they thought so, it was like uh, a... Well, I will say... They thought it was like a marvel. I will say, aside from the gross factor, it is pretty... like Impressive? It, it, the fact that he was able to wire all of her bones to still have a... Structure? Skeletal structure. And the fact that he did make this paste to look very not pretty humanistic if you ask me with the glass eyes and everything um you know there's a level of dedication to that and i definitely think eccentric inventor with everything that we've learned about him thus far it definitely fits right into his like oh yeah i'm just gonna make what i want you know um so i can understand how they could be like marveled at it but also ugh. Well, they discovered that he had to continuously spray it with perfume to coat the smell. smell. And he also used disinfectants to try and, like, stave the decomposition process. So there's still skin in that. The last thing that they found was that he he had implanted a tube into her vagina. No. So that he could presumably make love to his corpse bride. I'm just going to keep going because you don't see anything to say to that. So like I said, the morticians who performed the autopsy said that they thought that the whole body. Pause, 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 pause. Okay. Hit me. What's up, Luna? need a minute to process. 
Okay, well, you got your minute. No, no, no. So. Wait, wait, wait. What? <laughs> okay, go ahead. What? So, okay, go ahead. <gasps> the morticians, they thought that it was so impressive that what? instead of just putting her back in her grave, they put her body on display at the Dean Lopez funeral home. And as many as 6,800 people came to view the human doll remains right. of Elena. Right. So let's idolize this sicko. So here's the crowd of people waiting to see. That is the picture of her when she's wait when she's All of like, these that people is what they are see. happy and excited. Well, there, I even listened to an interview with the person who said he was a kid at the time. And he went to see her body and he was just like, it did. It just looked like a doll. And and while it's like a morbid curiosity, like there's nothing all that crazy about it. Okay. And I have some pictures from the autopsy if you want to see that. <sighs> okay. Oh. <laughs> oh, this is not what I signed up for. What? Any thoughts? <laughs> I don't know what to say. I'm just completely shocked and so... mortified. I just yeah, I got yep. there's a wow. dead body in there. There's a straight up dead body. There's a straight up dead body in yep. there. So finally, after they had, you know, put her on display as this poor sleeping woman. beauty like, sort of thing. That poor woman. It, it, the sad part doesn't end. What do you mean? Finally, when they put her body to rest, they placed her in an unmarked grave in Key West. So he couldn't find so her? So he could not find her. That's horrible for yep. her. And that for her family. Horrible. So that's the end of her story. And the only thing that her family has is a grave, a tombstone with his last name on it. Yep. They might have removed that when they built the mausoleum. But like I said, that's the end of her story, but it's not the end of Tansler's story. What do you mean? Tansler was evaluated by psychologists following his trials because, you know, you got to check. And they found him of sound mind. But what they discovered was that his plans were to ultimately get his airplane running so that he could fly himself and Elena high into the atmosphere. And he believed that the radiation in the atmosphere and the neutrons would legitimately bring her corpse back to what life. What is his thing with the neutrons? I don't know. I want to know where, like, now where I'm curious from. because this does seem like a man who is very... Oh, you're thinking you want to get some neutrons in you? Well, I, <laughs> I want to know where he was headed with this. He told them that that was his plan. He told them that that was his plan. Did he think it was going to be like a cartoon where she'd be like, whoa, hi, honey. Like, it was just literally a Frankenstein life? situation. I don't know. But Bye. after the interest in the story died down, Tanzler moved to Pasco County, Florida, which mm. was close to his actual wife, Doris, from before. And apparently Doris know she stuck happened? around. Everybody knew it was happening. And she stuck around and helped him, like, take care of him for the later years in his life. Doris, I love you, but you're a bitch, man. Why is she a bitch? Because he left you and did something real fucked she's up. She's not a bitch. She's just kind of a doormat, I guess. I don't know. She feels a bitchy doormat. bad for him. I don't know. I'm cutting that out. I'm not uh, We're not calling Doris a bitch. What the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> don't be a bitch, Doris. <laughs> don't be a bitch, Doris. Well, <laughs> Take him back, Doris. Don't about be a bitch. 10 years after his arrest and the subsequent loss of his corpse bride, he used Elena's death mask which is apparently a mask that you make of a person's face using like a casted impression yep to make a new life-sized effigy of elena which is a replica of the person here's the death mask death mask is beautiful though it is beautiful but what's that out of clay 
Um, I believe so. Maybe clay poured plaster he is looking at or it something. So fondly. Yeah. And um, so he more or less got her back. And within a few years, on July 3rd of 1952, Tansler was found dead in his home at the age of 75. And being the eccentric recluse that he was, they established that he had passed away three weeks prior, but it had gone unnoticed. And when they found his corpse, he was cradling his new Elena, more or less fulfilling the scene that her ghost had sang to him all those years ago. And that is the story of Count Karl Tanzler von Kossel and his corpse bride, Maria Elena Milagro de Hoyos. The end. <laughs> I'm like torn between wanting to cry and vomit and cry out of just sheer what the fuck. Yeah. Wow. Here, here he is. It's just that he loves her. Loves her. Oh, that poor woman. Yeah. But he, if you see, he is looking at that photo the, the same, same way that he's looking way at the, that he's the death looking mask. at the death mask. Oh, yeah. Yep. He really, he just loved her so much. Oh. Any parting thoughts? Do you feel a strong connection to him in that you want to keep? What do you mean? Keep, would you? So, okay. I don't know if this is a would you rather situation. I don't know if I have any would you rathers for this, but <laughs> would you, if I passed away, turn my body no. into a doll? <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. No. 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 No? No. Didn't we talk about you keeping my skull as a planter? Is that okay? I don't know, but I wouldn't do that either. Okay, good. I'd have somebody else's skull. Why would you have somebody? Well, I don't we know. gotta stop having this conversation, you love. It up. We gotta stop having you this conversation. Wow, that is the craziest story. I had never heard of that story until I found it the other day, and I was like, "Oh, this this one has to go in the podcast." Oh yeah! Wow. Yep. Wow. How you feeling? I feel like I have so many thoughts and yet nothing to say. <laughs> oh, like the poor family, the poor sister. Yep. Poor Lena. I can't really think of any would you rathers for this one. Uh, yeah, I've, I've got none. <laughs> I don't, don't want to be any part of that story. Nope. Um, wow, that took such a turn. Yeah. He went from Inspector Gadget to Dr. Frankenstein real quick. Yeah, legitimately. And, you know, it's it's really crazy just the to think photos. that, like, yeah. Uh, and I am obviously going to put the photos up on our Instagram and our website. Yeah, I do kind of want to look into the process of, what did you call it? Um, Parisian? With the, with the silk and the... Plaster of Paris? Plaster of Paris. And so silk and wax. What is that? Plaster of Paris is just plaster. Oh, why is it called Plaster of Paris? That's just the... That's just oh, their just name, the name for it. it. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's like the term or the okay. brand or something. But it's nothing fancy or oh, scientific. Okay. It's I basically it was something It's a basically, um, what's what's the craft that you do with? Paper mache. It's basically <laughs> paper mache. Oh, he paper mache and waxed her body back together. And apparently in, I think it's Key West, at the Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum, they have a wax model of the two of them together. Yeah. I want to go see that. Well, we need to add that to our list. Maybe we will. Maybe we will. So that's our episode. (laughs) While you're sitting there shell shocked, I I think it's time to do our shout out of the week, which um, I've got a shout out again uh, 
our friend Beth, she we finally got the pillow, the note pillow. Oh my god, the and pillow it is, is amazing. Beautiful. I've you got are... to put it up on the Instagram. Um, Beth, but you are so talented. It came out beautiful, and we love it. And we thank you so much. It's incredible. Awesome. The fact that you sent us something was it's just so awesome. So much love and appreciation towards you. We you're, love you. You're good. <laughs> we love you. Good um, human. Yeah, and and um, our person who shared our podcast this week is miss money penny um on instagram and she said that she shared it with her co-workers she shared it with her brother they were all eagerly awaiting the next episode because they binged it so this one goes out to you we love you thank you so much for sharing we appreciate you and if you want to be shared on our episode if you want to get a shout out please share us with all your friends yeah I mean- and leave us a five-star review on iTunes or leave us a comment about whether or not you would want your significant other to make uh No, no. Okay. No, no. Uh, <laughs> um but yeah, feel free to give us a shout out or, you know, follow us on Instagram, share stuff with us on Instagram. If you want to see any of these photos, they are going to be on our Instagram page, which is all the nopes podcast we are also on facebook at all the nopes podcast and if you want to recommend a story which actually miss money penny recommended a story that you should probably look into Um, but if you want us to cover a specific topic you can feel free to dm us or go to our website lostwoodstudios.com and there we have like a little form that you can fill out where you can either share your own story of something spooky or paranormal that's happened to you or you can send us a DM. You're just nodding along now. I don't know now. how Are to get comatose? back into the real life, after, <laughs> into the real world after this story. <laughs> Honestly, I'm just, I don't know how to process. Okay. Well, I think I'm going to book a uh, appointment with a counselor for Luna. Um, but that is our episode. What do you think, Luna? Have anything else to say? Oh, my God. Uh- <laughs> Um, no, just, uh, leave corpses alone. Grieve in your own way. I'm not going to judge anybody for, for grieving, but don't grieve like that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm actually curious if you think that this is morbid as fuck or if you think that this is kind of romantic. We need so, to know. So we're going to, maybe we'll take po- a poll or something po- like that. We're going to post a poll on Instagram. Yeah. Tell us what you think. Is this After romantic you listen to this episode, or is this? Go vote and tell us whether or, or not you we'll think. Or maybe we'll put it in our story so that way we can tally it up and it'll be up for a little bit. But either way, whenever you see it, go vote because I need to know what you guys think of Creepy this. Creepy or romantic? What do you think? I think creepmantic. Creepmantic. Yeah. What do you think? Creepy as fuck. Okay. There is no romanticism in it at all. Sorry, Tansler. No. That's it. I think you are twisted. All right. Well, I guess that's it for today's episode. <laughs> uh, I need a therapist. We love you, folks. We love you. Stay safe. Stay spooky. Don't play with corpses. Bye. Bye. I said bye just like you. <laughs> Let's see. Let's do it at the same time. Ready? Bye. bye. No, you're too high. Okay. Bye. bye. One more time. Bye!